everybody. Welcome to the Back to the Latch Mama podcast. Melissa here. It is another beautiful. I feel like we always podcast on these beautiful days recently. Um, It's a beautiful day here in Richmond, Virginia. We're going to do a little podcast today celebrating a little bit of Black History Month, talking a little bit about one of the things that I love to talk about the most on the podcast. Um, We're going to talk about women of color and breastfeeding and bringing some more attention um, to... Um, the fact that there's limited support. You're listening to Latch Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of latchmama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. Hi, Ebony. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Um, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself? I know there's a lot to tell. Um, <laughs> let's hit the highlights. Tell everybody kind of who you are, what you do, what brings you joy. Okay. Um, well, I'm Ebony Allen. Um, I am... Oh, should I say my age? I don't know. I say all the time, I'll go first. I'm 40. <laughs> so I assume you're not that much yet. So <laughs> no, I'm not that much. I'm close though. I'm 37. I'm a native here of Richmond, Virginia, originally born in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I am here as a, well, I'm a moderator with Breastfeed Real Talk, which is a program under Nurture RVA. I am also a doula with Birth and Color RVA. Um, and I'm just here to essentially talk about breastfeeding, absolutely everything breastfeeding, people of color breastfeeding, yep. um, our desire to support people of color in their breastfeeding journey. Um, and I'm a mother yeah. of five now. Um, I'm currently pregnant. I have four little ones at home. She's a she's a transit driving mom, which I always get really excited about yes, when I see it. When I see a transit in our parking lot, I feel like I'm a cool kid instead of a, <laughs> a bus driver. Lindy, yeah, Lindy, Lindy and I always drive up in our transits. But when I come into the parking lot and there's another one, I feel like this immense connection to another big family our mom. So community, yes. yes. Yeah, um, as a homeschooling mom, yeah. someone said like, you know, like you do it all. You're the the principal, you're the nurse, you're yep. the cafeteria lady, you're the bus driver. And I'm Absolutely. like, and I literally have a bus. So yes, that fits all categories. Totally, totally. <laughs> I love the fact that like, not only are you a homeschooling mom of a big family, um, you also find time to help in the community. And I think that it's one of the reasons why we wanted to kind of bring you in and start this conversation and like I said before, it's a conversation I want to have every week because I don't think most people, because we all kind of go through our life and people I think are inherently a little bit selfish, but I think sometimes, especially white women, women mm-hmm. of privilege, don't sometimes really take a step back to realize how much like there's not support in breastfeeding in general. Like mm-hmm. you walk down the street. I think everybody can agree on that. Mm-hmm. But then when you start to dial it down and you really look at women of color and what, what support there is out there, it's so very limited. And the people like you who are out in the community trying to change that, I think I want to give a voice to it 10 times over um, because I think it's so incredibly important the work that you all are doing. We were just looking at statistics prior to starting the podcast and the initiation rates between women of color versus white women when it comes to breastfeeding mm-hmm. are absolutely 
completely different. So you're looking at close to 90% of white women initiate breastfeeding within the hospitals. Um, yes. And you're looking at closer to 68 to 69% of women of color. We were talking about some of the reasons why um, when we first started sitting down, do you kind of want to talk a little bit about kind of the experience maybe that some of us don't really realize happens or some yes, of the experiences definitely. that um, <clears throat> I think it starts what well, one generationally, mm -hmm. you know, are we seeing our parents or close family, relatives, friends, even um, breastfeeding? No. Um, and even once we get pregnant, um, now we're finding where it's like, if you find out that a, a person of color is pregnant, one of the first questions should be, you know, are you considering breastfeeding? Because essentially the more you know, mm -hmm. the better your journey can be going forward. And that's one of the things that's like really overlooked is, is more so like, you know, what items do I need to get for the babies? Or do Absolutely. I need to stock up on diapers or wipes? And yes, all of those things are important. But when you look at trying to provide nutrition for your child, especially when you look at how um, breastfeeding helps with so many things, Absolutely. immunity, building the child's immune system. Um, and technically, financially, it's it's the way to go, especially Absolutely. for people yeah. of color. I mean, formula is expensive. Absolutely. And then now with like the formula shortage for why, yeah. I'm not even 100% sure, but <laughs> it's just so many things that are yeah. overlooked from the get-go. Um, just like just from that education standpoint, like it cuts down on obesity, asthma. I mean, there are so many benefits to it that are hard sometimes for, you know, <sighs> white women to understand but if you're not even looking at a woman of color and saying are you going to breastfeed mm -hmm. i don't even feel like that question is asked it's not it's, asked at all yes which to is totally overlooked even 100 and there's so many people now um now that i'm in this field of you know being a doula and providing mm -hmm. lactation support i can see more behind the scenes of like where we're getting missed um as a as a lactation educator i've sat in on classes mm-hmm just for additional education for myself, but also to see what um, mothers to be might be Absolutely. receiving. And it's like a lot of the classes are predominantly white, yeah. not many people of color. And it's like, so where, where's the gap? Absolutely. Are the people of color receiving the same information? Like, okay, you're pregnant. Are you mm -hmm. interested in breastfeeding? Attend these classes. They're free. Absolutely. But it's just, totally being missed and there's so many people that is like you know i didn't even know about classes like they might find out in the hospital after you have a baby but who wants to sit in the classroom absolutely in the ho that's when i was offered my first class in the hospital wow after having my child so when you went in with your we were talking a little bit about this earlier when you had your first child did you know you wanted to breastfeed i the the old, my number one reason for breastfeeding mm -hmm. was one based on my relationship with my mom, which was not fully there. I was actually um, legally raised by my oldest sister from okay. the age of 15. Okay. My biggest fear was that I wouldn't bond with my child. Wow. So I'm like, I have to breastfeed because the, the number one thing outside, not even nutritional value, it was like breastfeeding is a way to bond. Wow. So I didn't even know of all the benefits of breastfeeding. Yeah. All I knew was, breastfeed my baby and most likely I won't grow up to hate her. That's the honest to God's truth. 
Wow. I was scared of having like postpartum. So powerful. I was scared of being detached from her. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I breastfeed her, we have a chance. Wow. And that was, that's, that's my honest to God, number one reason why I breastfed. So did you know it was going to be hard? I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect at all. Okay. I, I knew they said, you know, put the baby on, make sure she has, um, you know, make sure she's properly latched. Yep. And that was really it. Everything else I figured out along the way. And here, and here's some formula to take home with you, just in case. Just it in case, work. yes. I had yep. my, I had my formula coupons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I received them monthly in the mail. I received the go home packets, maybe a few, and I even bought formula, not knowing. Like, do I don't th- know how this journey will go. We don't. I mean, we don't know for sure. But do you? Re- I mean, the amount of information that we can gather as a company in terms of marketing on social media is very significant. I mean, Facebook has has recently changed it a little bit, locked it down. Apple's locked it down as well. But I wonder if anybody were to dig into, you know, the marketing of Similac or some of the formula mm-hmm. formula companies, whether they really do. D- dial down and look at demographic information like that it oh, would be very interesting I, I would like to think that they definitely do one of the things that um we actually touched based on and mm-hmm. the class that i got my lactation certification mm-hmm. through was specifically how um formula is targeted as far as marketing yep and how it's targeted to certain demographics um so there's there's definitely you know, like that underlying stigma there where it's like, no, like we need, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like how are they making all their money? They they have to market like everything else. And it's understandable. There are definitely cases where formula may be needed. And yeah, you know, it's not bad, but formula is bad bad when an industry that is based on money Mm -hmm. and is very, very well funded is there's lobbyists, there's formula lobbyists Mm -hmm. that work in Washington then goes and finds what demographic group is least supported in breastfeeding that we let's find them and let's target the crap out of them Mm -hmm. and let's tell them, Hey, you know what? It's okay that it's hard. It's okay that you've never seen anybody in your life do this. This is, it's it's okay that you can't find representation of your own color out there offering you support. Here's some formula. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is doing it. Why don't you? Yes. And it completely hijacks that entire relationship. Yes. And it's so frustrating and it's so angering, mm-hmm. like just to sit here and just know that like there there's such a lack of funding and you're going against, I mean, huge, huge corporations. And we're trying to educate women that there is another option, but you have this big Goliath of this company trying to get in there at it. And it's yes. just, it's, it's so terribly hard. Yes. And and I think another thing, especially in the black community, constantly kind of like feeling targeted, mm-hmm. we sometimes set ourselves up um, to like fall into a trap. Sometimes I feel like, and that's one of the things with formula where it's like, you know, we feel like we work hard at, at so much. So if, why do I, why should I have to force myself to nurse and to do these things because again we have the the mindset that it's hard like it's not natural and granted it is hard it can be challenging Mm -hmm. but so is everyday life so is raising a child Mm -hmm. 
you know, and it, there's so many things that we just kind of give up on to take the easy route. And I think that's well, why I mean, formula. Let's, let's just, be honest. Like that's, a, that's a, for, I mean, definitely a white woman here, but I would like to say that as a black woman, your life is harder than my life as a white woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, hands down. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're right. I mean, one harder thing because breastfeeding, especially establishing a relationship in the beginning is definitely harder probably mm-hmm. than feeding a baby formula. Mm-hmm. Um, so why, why would you not, you know, back away a little bit and say, okay, the formula's here. Like it, it makes yeah. perfect sense in my mind. Yeah. And then, it, you know, for those of you, I mean, I, I assume most people understand how a breastfeeding relationship works, but if you take that baby off the breast, you start giving them formula, you stop producing, you know, and then the whole system starts to break. You get engorged. You mm-hmm. could get mastitis. Like, and then you just start saying it, it starts becoming harder than it actually, than it needs, actually to be needs to be. If exactly. you just start that relationship off the bat exactly. and you're committed to it. Yes. If, if, if so many people had the, the proper education and support mm-hmm. starting off, cause even um, with the breastfeeding real talk program, the people that we have helped, a lot of them have called in a month, you know, their child's a month old. Mm-hmm. And essentially they were told, since you're struggling now, put the baby on formula until we can get your supply up. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to properly build your supply if you're relying on formula. It just, Absolutely. it can't happen. It's already hard enough to stick to a pumping or a nursing schedule feeding a child every two to three hours. But when you're supplementing with formula, you're not, you know, that's like a break for you. Absolutely. And then it's so much harder to come back and then try, you, well, one, you really can't feed them. So your only option is to pump because mm-hmm. they've just eaten. Yep. Um, but it's like the constant battle. And that's like the number one, that's the top thing that we get when trying to help. It's like, okay, well, the doctor told me to just supplement, mm-hmm. you know, until my milk comes in. It's like, okay, well, how many times did you pump today? And it was like, well, I only got to pump about three times. Yeah. Like when you're establishing your supply three times. But if there's not that educational piece, like if they're waiting to get to you to get Mm -hmm. to that educational piece, we've already like missed a few days. We've missed that skin to skin. We've Mm -hmm. missed that, that oxytocin. We've, we've, we've missed that immediate latch. We've probably a little bit ent- entered into a little bit of the nipple confusion world, mm-hmm. although I feel like that's kind of BS sometimes because yeah. I think you can get a baby back on the breast. Mm-hmm. But you've you've sidetracked and yes. you've given that mom the <laughs> the probably insight of, hey, you know what? Formula is not formula is OK and formula is OK. Mm-hmm. But if it's truly something that that mother wants to do, that they we desired. need to figure out how to set them up for success. Yes. Which means that there needs to be representation within the lactation community. Mm-hmm. And I think it is wonderful what nurture is trying to do um, by educating women like you and putting you out there and saying, Hey, I'm here, but how do we get to those women sooner in the sooner process? In the process. Yes. And that's definitely one of the things that we've, um, discovered even in starting our program is like okay we need the moms to call in the moms that are having nursing issues and is again like I said the number one reason is like we need to get to these mamas sooner mm-hmm. like we need while they're pregnant Absolutely. so we can start building their education mm-hmm. then giving them tools of success that they need Absolutely. A- ahead of time because if you look at like what happens to those statistics that I quoted earlier they 
drop significantly within mm-hmm. those first three months yep. compared and, to and even white women. more once yeah. you hit six months. Absolutely. And I mean, you have barriers that come into place. I'm sure you have the fact that it's not quite as supported or seen within their actual communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of getting to the women first, so you're also now a doula, which makes yes. complete sense because um, if you can get to women prior and especially during their pregnancies Mm -hmm. and then you can help them have an empowering pregnancy that just empowers the breastfeeding journey yes which is fantastic yes um so i think putting all the pieces together um but do you have any advice um especially women of color of how to start initiating those conversations especially with healthcare providers in the beginning um so maybe there aren't and as many obstacles Definitely the number one thing is hire a doula. Yep. Especially people of color, mm-hmm. hire a doula. It's um we're definitely getting out there more, the words getting out there more that, you know, we're here, we're available. Um, but there's still kind of this, you know, thing around where it's like, Oh, you know, I have my family, I have but doulas, they support and they also advocate. Absolutely. They help educate. Um And they help think of the things that you might not think of, especially Mm -hmm. as a new mom or even as an experienced mom dealing with children running around. You know, you you just don't think about certain things. Um, So definitely hire a doula. Because there, I mean, there is, I mean, in most, not in some cases, there is a a racial bias in the healthcare Mm -hmm. industry, especially when it comes to women of color having babies. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't think that I need statistics to back that up. I mean, I think it's been very, definitely known, very, very well studied at (laughs) this point. Um, And I feel like, I I feel like it's terrible to say, but I feel like every woman of color needs to go into a birthing situation with an advocate, Mm -hmm. with somebody who has a voice for her. Yes. Um, I mean, so many of the stories that actually have made the press of just, women just not getting the same level of attention lying in a bed almost bleeding out running Mm -hmm. into situations that absolutely in the united states of america should not happen they shouldn't happen anywhere but they absolutely should not happen in the united states of america so really truly until we can fix the system getting doulas with birthing women yes yes is is essential is is needed absolutely a hundred percent um and and seeking that education is another thing is so many things I feel like as people of color, um, we kind we, we just limit ourselves with trying to find out as much as we can, you know, asking those questions, seeking further education, whether, um, you're looking for free resources cause there's a lot out there. Um, but even if you're able to pay for additional resources, just why, why is that? Why do you think there is that, not that that lack of maybe it's not I don't think it's lack of a desire to educate like yeah, what, I don't think it's what, I don't th- I'm not really uh, to be 100% yeah, honest yeah I'm not really sure what it is and again I'm kind of speaking from personal Absolutely. experience I think from growing up how I did um with having the experiences that I've had I had a lot of hands-on experience being the youngest sibling um being with my older siblings when they yeah. had children, getting yeah. that hands on. There was a lot of things like for me, you couldn't tell me that I didn't know how to take care of a child. Yeah. I, I've, no I've matter been doing how many I was too. no matter like, what society told you, you knew I, I know how to take care of a child. And people will still come to me. Like I could be 
mommy life coach one-on-one yeah like is, i is love just that. amazing and but i didn't know to seek further education yep i didn't know you know that my breastfeeding journey could have been so much better if I had community and support. Like, I feel like I, I feel like I was able to make my journey a great thing. Yep. I made it happen. Like I told you before, I felt like I was like a superstar in yeah. my community because not a lot of people breastfed and I yeah. breastfed proudly. I don't care where we are. If my child is hungry, I'm nursing. Like, yeah. No, she doesn't want to be covered up. I'll try to cover myself up as much as possible. But yeah, absolutely, you know, we're yeah. feeding the same way. I'm not going to put a towel over your head. So yeah. you're not going to put a towel over her head. Like, but how many people do you know within your community that feel the same way about breastfeeding? Th- I know there's a lot that appreciate it. Yeah. But are there a lot that would actually go through it and stick to it? Like to do what they, it's, 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 there's a lot of people in my direct community, even family that I've, you know, co- like, breastfeed Mm -hmm. i'm telling you like you can do it and started off great actually like Mm -hmm. high producers and everything and it's just like i can i could just get formula yeah and i'm like but why like you have the means and you're not even like not even struggling moms you know like it's one thing when you're struggling we're doing everything we can we can't get your supply up we can't you know like like good it but they just no they're like I can just do formula or I wasn't able to pump. It just, you know, it was a lot, a whole lot of stuff. And now six months later, they're like, why'd you let me quit? And I'm like, but I'm not (laughs) living in your bedroom. Like I can't make you, absolutely. you know, like when I'm with you, I can encourage you. I can call you. I can encourage you, but but I can't make you hit every pumping session. It's a lot easier to probably quit when there's not a whole lot of representation within Mm -hmm. your community, Mm -hmm. which I think is is so different because it's very easy for a a non-woman of color to quit. Mm -hmm. But it's even easier when nobody around you is breastfeeding their children either, which I think is one of those things that we need to start trying to figure out how we help that process. Because if it's not going to get off the ground at the beginning, if the woman's going to show up at her care provider's office and is never going to be asked if she's going to be breastfeeding just because of the color of her skin, we need, we need to start making those changes because Mm -hmm. we all know like whether you're breastfeeding because you want a better bond with your baby or not, like breastfeeding is going to give that child antibodies. It's going to give them most likely a better start in life yes then you know formula right out of the gate well mm-hmm. so in a perfect world i'm gonna throw this question out there at you <laughs> okay perfect world you had all the money in the world to create something how how do we start to fix kind of the maternal health care system for people of color like how like where where do we go we're a doula for every mom like where where, where do we where doula, do we go doula for every mom I feel like, I feel like simple, you know, you know how they say even like in school mm-hmm. and especially now they'll say that, especially with more people like homeschooling yeah. and then with um, people not necessarily having to go to college because you yeah. can get a trade uh-huh. and it's like, you know, like why waste your time and your money? Yeah. We need to be teaching actual basic life functions in school. Mm-hmm. Instead of kind of like, you know, like they teach about the birds and the bees at some point in school, at least about, you know, your anatomy and things like that. But it's like, 
we brush over some like my children just the fact that I'm I'm able to like they're amazed that I produce milk mm-hmm. that fed them yeah mm-hmm. we've had teenagers work in our office that literally thought because we talk about everything at Latch Mama, mm-hmm. but that literally thought they could get pregnant 30 days of the month mm-hmm. because that is literally what they're taught because they had they're taught. no idea how their body worked. Mm-hmm. I, I, absolutely no idea. And it's like, these are things that we should know to be in tune with our bodies to mm-hmm. know how they work. We don't, we, we literally go our whole lives mm-hmm. not knowing until something happens. Absolutely. Like, oh, this is how it's supposed to function. Mm-hmm. This is how it's supposed to feel. Even, you know, in, in my household, we talk about, we talk about everything cause we're homeschooled. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like as, <laughs> as the oldest one, like my 10 year old has started my cycle, has started her cycle. Yeah. Like literally as soon as she turned 10, which was like mind blowing, but okay, here we are. So as a family, we discuss this because we're so close knit that it's like, you don't get any privacy. Yeah. So oh, yeah. the other ones need to know <laughs> what's going on when you request these private moments, yep. when you have these times and they also need to respect the difference, the change, like as you get older, your body will go through changes. And I mean, most children know that, but they don't know, yeah. you know, the, the detail and the actual importance of it yeah. to now pay attention to your body. Cause yeah. even as young children, you're the only one that can advocate for what goes on inside of you. Mm-hmm. I can see if you have a rash on your arm. Yep. I can see, you know, I can tell when you have a temperature, but if there's something going on that's different than, normal absolutely you have to learn to learn how you feel and learn how to speak about how you feel and and essentially i feel like we're missing all of that um if you don't have if you're not like super intuitive or have these like open conversations with your children and a lot a lot of people don't and and especially in the black household because it's kind of like what i say goes and we don't there's not like a lot of emotional talk and I think I'm the most emotional out of my six siblings because they walk around like soldiers as far as I'm concerned. And then I'm lo- they're like, you're always crying. And I'm like, but y'all didn't feel that. Like <laughs> that was just me. Okay. It's the baby of the family yeah, right it's there. The, it's it means, the baby it means of the they family. did a really good job raising you. Yeah. You know? And that's what they always say. They was like, you're going to rock that baby thing. I was like, well, technically I will be the baby. No matter how old I get, y'all are still way older than me. I love it. So I'm going to always be the baby. But it's it's so many times I was just thinking about this the other day like oh I just wish I could be more oh I mean I like being the tender emotional one sometimes but sometimes it's like I don't want to cry I just want to like stand firm and and be more like y'all but it comes and goes but yeah I, I I would definitely want so it's like an education piece it's an education piece. but it's almost like that extra little bit of being realizing that you're allowed to have the, like the, the, the education is there, you know, that it's, it's, it, it, it's, it shouldn't feel like a privilege. It should feel like an expected thing, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you said, like, you know, having the, having the desire to have the education because you, you want it. Mm-hmm. Not because like, it shouldn't be something you deserve. It's there. It's you there. know what I'm saying? And it's, that's the piece I feel like is that, that, that it's there for the taking. We just have to somehow get through all this generational stuff where you don't feel like you deserve it. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. And I, 
And I think having it everywhere and having more people like you who are out there putting it online and saying, you know, hey, I'm here to help and finding the money to train and support and be able to have people, you know, make a living off of supporting each other, Mm -hmm. which happens within the white community all the time, all the time, all the time Mm -hmm. Um, to the point where you can kind of hopefully change that mindset into I deserve this education. Yes. And yes. I and, and and I deserve to take the time for myself and my family to figure out what's best for us. And that that's another thing, um, like what you just said, that I I personally also kind of struggle with, because I also am a daycare provider. I feel like yeah. I'm all all about family and yeah. all about community. So from the time I have an I have another doula client that I had that I worked with from the time that she was pregnant through her birth helping her with her breastfeeding process. And now I watch her son once a week while she works. So it's just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm everything family. Yeah. Supporting however I can. But even in that aspect for me, it's, it's like, I want to do it so bad for free. Yeah. Because that's just how much I love doing it. Yeah. I would, I would be a doula for free. If yeah. I didn't need income, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, so it's, it's for me, it's that battle between, like you said, anybody else can do it and they can be great at it. Yep. And they're still going to charge you what they charge you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like without even batting the eye, without even blinking. But me, I have like, okay, I have somebody who needs services and now I have to charge them something like yeah. for what they deserve. Absolutely. And it's what you deserve too. And it's what I deserve too. And that's what I have to like, for me, another battle that I have to just go over with like, you know, I've acquired a skill. Absolutely. You've I, trained. I work at my skill. Yep. I educate myself. You're damn good at your skill. I I am great at my skill. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and you, and you so deserve, I definitely have yeah. to remind myself that on a daily basis with, with all that I do. Yeah. That you absolutely deserve to be rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we just need to continue the conversation and continue getting, you know, the word out there that we, we need to support the work that you all are doing. And it may take us from this side, you know, kind of supporting and funding the availability of representation within the black community, which I think is, is so incredibly important because the more you see it, the more you believe that you deserve it too. Yes. And I think that that's that's such an important aspect of it. Thanks for coming. This has no been awesome. Problem. Will it you come back? Been. I will. Uh, I I love you. I think you're fantastic. <laughs> oh, I think you, you are a rock star, and I'm so happy we have you in the community. Um, although I think that you could give your services throughout the entire country and be amazing. But Thank you. I'm so happy Nurture has you. I'm so happy we have you within Richmond, and I just want to keep spreading the love. Yes. So um, hopefully we can continue supporting you guys as much as we can and and get that representation out there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.